Welcome to the Revelation Church podcast. We trust today's message will speak to you. If you'd like to get in touch, just drop us an email at hello at revelationchurch.org.uk. Hi, Revers. Uh, Rich here. It's great that you can join us. Um, so glad that you uh, joined us on our hubs. Um, or if you're joining us online, then welcome. Um, uh, we're going to be opening God's word together. <clears throat> so we're going to be in Joshua uh, chapter 24 today. Um, and today is a special Sunday for two reasons. Um, firstly, it's our last Sunday in hubs. So since February, we've been meeting in location hubs across North London. Um, but this week is our last uh, Sunday. From next Sunday, the 1st of August, we're going to be meeting at Maria Fidelis in the Summerstown area down in King's Cross. Um, so please do come and join us there. Um, I'm sure it'll be a wonderful time gathering together and celebrating uh, Jesus together. Um, but as this hub season comes to an end, I just want to throw a massive thank you out to all of the hub leaders um, and all those who have uh, piled in and, and, and helped and supported and um, just served people across the church. It's such a, a tremendous privilege to see the body in action, uh, the church stand together um, and love and serve one another. Second of all, it's um, it's an important Sunday because this is the last of our Joshua series. So uh, our series Entering the Promised Land is coming to an end where we've looked at the story of Joshua as he's led God's people from the wilderness across the Jordan into the promised land and they've driven out um, the armies, the nations, the people uh, before them and they've inhabited the land um, and in doing so they've driven out the pagan worship uh, that they might establish uh, worship to the Lord uh, in, in in that land um, and this is coming to the end so it's right at the end of Joshua's life in fact he dies at the end of this uh, chapter we're not quite going to get there um, today um, but today Joshua gives a choice to the people of God. He makes a choice, as we'll see, and then he gives the people of God a choice about whether they will make the same choice. Um, but before we get to that, um, and before we read our passage in Joshua 24, I just want to pick up on two words um, at the beginning of verse 14, which is the start of our passage. It says, now therefore. And when you see a therefore in scripture, it's always worth asking yourself the question, what's the therefore there for? It's a concluding word. It means what comes after is a summary or a conclusion, if you like, to everything that's come before. Not quite everything, but the first 13 verses in chapter 24. And so what's Joshua saying here? Well, in uh, Joshua um, 24, what we've seen in the first three verses is actually lots of um, Joshua recounts the adventures, the, the, the journey that God has brought the people of God, and not just um, through the wilderness, but actually before that. And Joshua says to the people of God, he says, because of all that God's done, because of the way God chose Abraham, because God took Abraham out of Haran, led him through the land of Canaan, because um, uh, God uh, gave Abraham Isaac as a son when Sarah was barren because God raised up Jacob who moved his household to Egypt because um, out of Egypt God delivered the people of God out of slavery 
in Egypt, because God parted the Red Sea, because God defeated the Egyptian army as they tried to cross and the waters closed in on them, because God provided for them through the wilderness, because God gave manna from heaven, because God gave them the law and the commandments, because God raised up Joshua, because God appointed Joshua to lead the people across the Jordan into the promised land, because God drove out the Amorites before them, because God defeated city after city, because God gave victory to the people of Israel, because, Joshua says, of the land that you are now standing on because of the inheritance that God has given you. We pick up in verse 14. Now, therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your father served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your father served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our fathers up from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery and who did the, those great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way that we went and among all the peoples through whom we passed and the Lord drove out before us all the peoples, the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. But Joshua said to the people, you're not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do to you and consume you. Uh, he will do harm to you. He will do you harm and consume you after having done you good. And the people said to Joshua, no, but we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to the people, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen the Lord to serve him. And they said, we are witnesses. He said, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve. And his voice we will obey. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and put in place statutes and rules for them at Shechem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the terebinth that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said to the people, said to all the people, behold, this stone shall be a witness against us, for it has heard all the words of the Lord that he spoke to us. Therefore, it shall be a witness against you, lest you deal falsely with your God. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. Lord Jesus, we pray that as we open your word, that Lord, you would speak to us today. Lord, as I guess we face uh, very much the same choice that your people faced many years ago. Lord, I pray we wouldn't give way in our heart, but Lord, we would wholly trust you and put our confidence in you this morning. Amen. Amen. So in uh, in Joshua 24, we see uh, that, that, that Joshua makes a choice to serve God. It's interesting. Uh, he, 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 Joshua isn't given a middle ground. He doesn't see this as being a middle ground. He's not uh, standing in a neutral setting thinking, oh, OK, well, shall I serve God or shall I serve foreign gods or shall I just see how this thing pans out? 
And we often think like that, don't we? We often think, well, maybe we'll just see how this thing pans out and then see if I'm going to commit or not. Well, actually, Joshua doesn't do that at all. Joshua basically says there's two choices and you've got to choose one of them. There's no neutral ground. There's no concept of just waiting to try and see and figure this thing out. And we end with this emphatic uh, declaration by Joshua. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And very often in scripture, we see um, salvation. We see um, our, our, our journey to Christianity as being quite a stark contrast. In fact, in Ephesians, it talks about being dead and then being made alive. Well, there's no middle ground there. In 1 John, it talks about being in the light or in the darkness. Again, there's no middle ground. You are or you aren't. And I think it's really helpful to have that concept um, that we, we, we're not in some sort of neutral holding place until we kind of come to our senses and make the right choice. Actually, we're being thrown into something here. And we have to make a choice. We have two options in front of us. Interestingly, um, that's basically what Joshua says to the people of God. There's no middle ground. And where the people of God have, have moved forward and have taken um, the, the, the promised land. And, and we, we, it seems to infer later on that they've been harboring foreign gods. And then Joshua says, well, who are you going to choose? Are you going to choose these idols, these foreign gods? Or are you going to choose to serve the Lord? And then we see throughout the um, ensuing verses that they, 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 they're, they're quite adamant they're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua says, well, you can't because God is a holy God and you've harbored these, these foreign gods. But their insistence means Joshua gets to the point of verse 23. Where he says, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord, our God, we will serve and his voice. We will obey. It's interesting here, isn't it? Because Joshua says, fine, if you're going to serve God, do away with all these foreign gods. Now, when we think of foreign gods and we think of it in, in, in perhaps that time, we often think of it in terms of maybe a statue or an idol um, or something physical that would have represented um, a God or security or peace. And you often see that um, gods of X, Y, Z um, that, that kind of by the time it gets to the Roman era, you know, gods of gods of war, gods of fertility, gods of all sorts of things. Right. And, 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 and we often think of pagan worship of idolatry and foreign gods in that concept but actually what we what we see here is they probably weren't necessarily foreign gods some of them may well have been foreign gods in terms of physical um, idols and things but there would also have been an idolatry of their heart there would have been little things that they would have given away given way to in their heart and Joshua is calling them out on it Joshua is saying you can't do that and we see actually fast forward to Jesus' teaching and Jesus paints a very similar picture when talking to, 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 to the people. He says, well, you can't serve God and money. He's saying you can't serve God and be into materialism. You can't be greedy and desiring of wealth and desiring of those things 
and serve God. And what's Jesus saying there? Well, he's saying it's a very stark choice. You can't look to wealth, materialism, finances. You can't look to those things for security and peace. You've got to look to God for security, for peace. Those other things, you can give way to them in your heart. But they'll just eat away at you. And they'll erode your trust in God. And so God says you can't serve both. We can use money, we can use materialism, we can use our possessions to serve God. And that's the appropriate way to understand that all that we have is actually provided by God. And we are given to steward, to glorify him and to essentially give to him in a way that um, and to use in a way that honours um, him and reflects his uh, the security that we have in him. I wonder if you've uh, ever been in a work situation and, 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 and somebody asks you about a piece of work and maybe the deadline's just passed. And there's that moment, isn't there? Will you tell a white lie? Oh, something else really important came up that I just had to deal with. And so I haven't quite got to that yet. Well, in doing even the simple act like that, you give way in your heart to an idol, to a foreign god. Actually, as believers, we are to stand for truth, we're to stand for honesty, we're to stand for openness. And so, 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 so even in those moments, it's an opportunity to represent our faith to people. And if we'll choose to just tell a little white lie, we've given way in our heart to an idol. And that's the warning that Joshua is giving to the people of God. He's saying you can't live with both of those things. You have to choose. Serve God or serve foreign gods. It's interesting, isn't it, that Joshua even says, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, right back in verse uh, 15, which I think is quite, it's quite a, a, a surprising way of phrasing it almost. I'd say, well, of, of course it's, it, it's evil not to serve the Lord. <laughs> but I guess what Joshua is getting at is you've got to make a choice here. Choose this day whom you will serve. Interestingly, we've actually... Uh, we, 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 we actually all have to make a choice. If we understand biblically the condition of our hearts, it says in uh, Romans 3, if I can find it quickly, um, <clears throat> it says in Romans 3, none is righteous, no, not one. No one understands, no one seeks for God. All have turned aside together, they have become worthless. No one does good, not even one. If you are, if we are not in God, if we're not serving God, if we're not submitted to his authority and his rule and his um, supremacy in our life. Then we, we've given ourselves to other things. By not being, uh, by not choosing God, we're choosing other things. That's a biblical understanding of this choice that all of us have got to make. And you might say, well, I'm not so sure that's necessarily true. Maybe there is some sort of middle ground and I can perhaps kind of earn uh, my way to it and kind of, you know, and, and maybe I'll just see how this thing pans out. Maybe I'll wait um, a few decades and then maybe as I get older, um, I'll, I'll make a choice. But the time to make the choice is, is now. The choice is, is imminent. The choice is here. Um, in fact, there's lots of warnings in scripture about we don't know what tomorrow brings. The choice we have to make is a choice 
for today. It's interesting then, um, just to pick up in verses 23 and 24. Joshua says, then put away the foreign gods that are among you and incline your heart to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said to Joshua, the Lord our God we will serve and his voice we will obey. It's interesting, Joshua says, put away the foreign gods, turn away from those gods. The Bible elsewhere calls it to repent of putting your trust in other things. R repent of turning in your turning away in your heart put those things away incline your heart to the lord lean into him it's interesting then uh, the the response from the people um, of how they interpret that god um the lord our god we will serve and his voice we will obey so what does that leaning in look like what does that inclining look like it looks like obedience it looks like living in submission to God. It looks like allowing him to have the supremacy in every area of our life. Essentially, we're going to essentially what the people are saying is we're going to give up those idols. We're going to give up those things. We want to live wholly for God. We want our entire hearts to be given over to him. We will obey him. And actually, it's very same same for us. As we read scripture and, 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 and we read the instructions on how God calls us to live. Then we too live in obedience to him. As we open our hearts up in honesty and vulnerability to one another. We allow God to speak to us and shape us. And we live in obedience to his voice. Yes, we weigh it and we hear what God's saying. But we live in obedience to it. A good example of this, a friend of mine um, and his family are moving to uh, the Philippines to start a church. And uh, they were chatting to an older, wiser friend. And they just said, <clears throat> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big cost. Um, you know, this, this, and it's a big sacrifice to obey God um, and believe him uh, that, that he's calling us to this. And the friend said, yes. It's a scary decision to make. But what's even scarier is to not obey when he's called you. And for me, it was just like, wow, what a picture of, of actually obedience in action, believing that as God speaks, that we respond in kind. And so we live lives that are submitted in obedience to him we weigh words as they come from one another but when we feel a rise of faith in our spirit and we feel um, the confirmation of the holy spirit who has been given to us um, he's a counselor a guide somebody that leads us into righteousness as we feel the affirmation we step out in obedience and love for god and actually as we do that um, interestingly uh, we read right at the end of this uh, chapter in chapter 24, verse 28. So Joshua sent the people away, every man to his inheritance. They make this choice. We're going to serve the Lord. And Joshua says, great, go and live in the richness, the fullness of the land, the inheritance that has been given to you. And much in the same way, when we make that choice to put our trust and our confidence in Jesus, he too leads us into an inheritance, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. 
that is kept in heaven for us, as it says in 1 Peter. What a privilege. That like John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I have come that they may have life in all its fullness. That we can step into the fullness of life, believe in God, trust in God. It's not always easy. It doesn't always go well. But there's something God's doing in our heart that is eternal, that is concrete, that shapes us. It's incredible. Another way we see this is actually God gave God gave the law to the Israelites. We read uh, that God gave the law to Moses. And actually the law was actually a way for them to engage with God. It was a, it was essentially the law set out a relationship with God so that God could have communion and relationship with his people. And actually what we see in the New Testament well, where the law said, don't murder. Jesus said, I tell you, if you hate your brother. Then you've murdered him in your heart. And what Jesus does is he just raises the stakes. To all of a sudden think, gosh, have I ever hated somebody? Have I ever risen up in anger against somebody? In my heart, what's happening there? Well, it's showing us this verse in, in Romans 3 that no one seeks God no one does what is right and actually it reveals the sin the brokenness the disobedience even 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 that 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 sitting on the fence and we'll just see how this thing pans out it reveals all of that and it brings us to that point of saying God I don't I don't I don't want that to mark my life I don't want that to characterize my life and so, just like we see in verse 23, we must repent, put away those things and put our trust in Jesus. And if you're not a believer here, then today's a day to do that. Today is a day to turn away from your sin, to turn away from your disobedience, your wrongdoing, to come humbly before God. And I just say, Jesus, I'm going to put my trust in you. I'm going to put my confidence in you. I choose you today and if you are a believer maybe there's areas of your life as i mentioned even earlier just where little idols just get a small foothold things just take root it's an opportunity for us today to search our hearts and just say god deal with me change me transform me by your power that i would live increasingly to glorify you with all that i am and all that you call me into i'm going to pray Lord Jesus, we thank you for your gift of life to us. And Lord, we just want to acknowledge those areas of our heart, Lord, that perhaps we're vulnerable. And perhaps even where we may have allowed uh, the enemy or, 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 or idols or foreign gods or, or some of these uh, disobedient practices to creep in. Lord God, we just bring them to you. And Jesus, we lay them at your feet. And Lord, we ask that you would, uh, at the cross, Lord, you would deal, you dealt with those things that's happened as past tense. Lord, and as we as we take steps forward in faith, we say that we want to choose you with every step forward. We want to believe you for all that you have 
ahead of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe if you um, prayed that prayer for the first time, why don't you reach out to somebody, um, either at Revelation Church, somebody in your hub, or somebody else that you know, or perhaps even if you're watching, um, a believer that you know, or somebody, um, or even a church, local church near you, um, and just reach out to say, look, I've prayed this prayer, I'm not quite sure what to do, or what the next steps are, then we'd love to be able to journey with you and help you in that.